Hello, guys. Welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. And today I have got the great pleasure of having another guest on my show. I've got April Chaffee, an executive coach and a facilitator who is out there to make this world just that little bit better. And the reason that I was so intrigued to get her onto my show is that her steps of empowering you are just a little bit different than what you normally do. So, but without giving too much away, welcome to you, April. I'm so pleased that I have you on the show. Oh, Stefan, thank you so much. I'm thrilled and excited to be here um, <laughs> with your audience today. So thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's a pleasure. We both are uh, guests on a, on a podcast forum where we have come across each other in, uh, in our communications there. And one of the things that immediately attracted me to you is the word improv. The word of uh, that, that actors use a technique that they use to grow, to get better. And when I thought about it, uh, improv is essentially <laughs> pretty much what most of us have to do when, when we say we are rolling with the punches. I mean, that is, you've just described very, very effectively uh, the way that I nowadays deal with uh, challenges and obstacles rather than getting blasted and, and things like that. I'm taking uh, very active steps and I'm so intrigued that you are using improv in your empowerment of your clients. That's, that's a brilliant thing. So I want to explore it with you today, and I'm looking forward to that. But you don't really start off as a small child saying, hey, I'm going to teach improv to really powerful people. Uh, how did you start off? What was the start of your journey? What did you want to be when you grow up? Well, very good question. Well, I think starting out, I actually did want to be an actress. And I did use my imagination. And I did pretend that uh, there were agents in the closet and that they were going to jump out and discover me. So I think as a small child, I was definitely, without knowing it, was using... Um, as as most children do, you know, they, they pretend and they use their imagination and they're making things up. Uh, so that's one of the beautiful things about being a child. And often, you know, when you look at some of the things you read sometimes today, you know, often people are saying, you know, go back to that child's mind, that openness, that exploratory um, experience that you had as a kid. Yeah. Uh, so, but that was my desire to, you know, definitely perform and be on stage and entertain people and make them feel good. So I think I started out with sort of that inner soul voice of, of wanting to make people feel good and to wanting to, um, you know, perform really. And that would have been quite a strong drive 
keeping in mind that your childhood was not really so great. That mm. was there were quite a few challenges there, and you very kindly told me already that you're uh, that you were a mediator at a very 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 early stage. Yes, that is true. So I, I, it's interesting because I always think where do certain things come from? Uh, so uh, I know that a lot of your listeners, you know, struggle with alcoholism in their family, or maybe they come from somebody in their family that was an alcoholic. Uh, and I don't think I realized the impact that it had on me, but I think I was always somebody who was kind of escaping and adapting and also, you know, trying to um, accept what is and, and somehow find a way to make it better. And uh, I do also think that when you have uh, alcoholism in the family, you are one that uh, does try and hmm. escape and make people want to make people feel good. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? Being a mediator at an early life is certainly not something that you would wish to anyone. But having said that, there are so many childhoods that are under pressure, that are where children have to grow up very fast. And it sounds that, that you had to do that, but you did so in a beautiful, playful way. Uh, you you found ways rather than becoming bitter you went into your fantasy uh, and that the agents in the closet which is a beautiful beautiful thing so you were you were there performing which is a wonderful thing great well you know the other thing that I think is really important um, that you learn coping mechanisms at a very young age yeah. so there's a muscle that you use, that you learn to use. And I often, you know, would sort of like, okay, you know, something is breaking out that's very disturbing and I'm going out and then I'm going to be present where I am. And so I kind of just left what happened behind and moved on to being in the next moment, which I think is so key, you know, for us in life uh, to use you know, being present and not bringing where you just were. Uh, and so I think right now we can all attest to the fact that these kinds of muscles are really important for oh, us true. to... Oh, yeah. The problem is, the, I, was, I was the same. I, I, was, I was equally going out, but I learned the coping mechanism of running away. And that unfortunately became a habit of mine. So, for example, in my early relationships with women, uh, I was creating the absolute dream world for three months. And then when it, <laughs> when it got boring or when suddenly I... the problems arose, whoa, I was off. And I was, I was basically, I, was, uh, I had learned probably that, that, running away is an easy way to avoid pain. Well, you know, running away, I mean, you, you know, it's, it's an interesting term. I mean, in some ways, I guess I was running away too. I was running away and getting it, you know, going into other people's families. But then at the same time, I think I was also being present. So I think, you know, both 
is Good. there. Now, what relating to what you were saying, I can understand, you know, you needed the stimulation. And I think when you grow up in a family where things are not exactly perfect, you know, the idea of boringness, I can relate to that, you know, was nothing that I wanted either. I used to say like, I don't want to be in a life where it's just like, you know, a channel that's just on a buzz. And I think probably being attracted to performing was that things are always different and you are very stimulated. So I agree there is a certain level of running away, but I guess it depends if that running away is constructive or destructive. Exactly. Exactly right. And in my case, it was definitely destructive, but with you, it is so so beautiful to see a different form of of coping uh and obviously to be in in the performing arts it uh, is a very rewarding but also very very challenging uh oh yes oh yes oh yes when did you start performing when was sort of uh, what was your first play or so well you know i went to the fame high school so you know the the dream was you know continuing on uh and and then you, you know truthfully I went into the music industry, and you know to your point you know it's it's it, they're difficult uh, industries to be in and you know certainly the ego can get bruised um, and you know sometimes if you're a little more healthy than unhealthy it actually is not to your benefit so I think I had this epiphany at some point um, where I realized that I wanted my life to be more than just being on the road and that I wasn't willing to give up some of the normalcies that I started to see would have to continue to be the case. And, you know, I was older, you know, I, I hit the ripe old age of 30 and I was fortunate enough to um, really fall and talk about improvising. I fell into the music industry um, in the advertising world and, you know, really didn't make a concrete decision but it was sort of like, oh, well, I'm making music. I'm getting to be creative. And there was a lot of improvising um, and, you know, meeting people, not really knowing exactly what I was doing, but kind of just diving in. And I think that's a key uh, to improv is, you know, the ability to just dive in. So I was really, you know, lucky to still be able to be somewhat creative and, segue into another part of my life which is beautiful yes again not decided improvised (laughs) and that's that's (laughs) that's so important isn't it and i hear this describing how most lives actually happen Uh, we all have uh, at some stage some kind of plans and most of these plans turn to custom and it People can get very hung up about the fact that their original plan, plan A, was not working. Rest assured, I mean, that is how I make my my life it at work, how I create safety. As an anesthetist, I have got a plan A for sending you off to sleep and, and mm. helping you. But my in the back of my mind, I'm already at, at plan K because plan B has uh, has been needed, plan C has fallen over, plan D, etc., etc. That's how I earn my money, by actually having plans in place. 
So you uh, you can even with that mind frame of having multiple layers of safety at some stage, sooner rather than later, you have to improvise and you have to become good at it. And you have to accept it that your plans will not come to fruition. They will not work. And in especially nowadays, we are living in times when there is no more certainty. Everything that you took for granted pre-COVID is being now topsy-turvy. You have no idea where we are going. 100%. Exactly. 100%. And, and I, 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 no, I'm sorry. I was going to say, and, and I think to your point, you know, this is a really incredibly important time to use these um, skills and muscles uh, that we use in improv and the concepts as well. And that was another reason why I was really excited to be here today, because I think it's important to share some of the mindsets that improv, you know, uh, allows for and sets forward. And if you think through, improv is learning how uh, to suddenly respond to different cues and different uh, things that are happening in your environment. Go a little bit into other settings. That's exactly how we train as doctors and nurses together as teams in simulations. That is how soldiers try to prepare for battle. Uh, they get thrown into scenarios that they have no clue about. How do you deal with that now? What do you do, etc. So essentially, improv, the way I understand it, is pretty much practicing for life rather than actually just doing, uh, just sticking with your rigid, rigid things and rigid, this is the way it has to be. And if it is not, oh my God, life is falling apart. No, this is how I would like it to be. And now the gods are laughing already their heads off and say, no, 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 this is a Greek tragedy, boy. Did you not realize that? Things will turn to custard. Jumanji level. (laughs) Right, right, right. Well, one of the important tenets of improv, like the tenant, uh, is yes and. So that's one thing I want to share with everybody. Yes and. And what that means is exactly what you're describing, is it's accepting what is and it's building off of it. So when improvisers get on stage, they have no idea what's going to happen. And one actor gets on stage and he throws out an idea. And then the other actor has to accept it, take it in, and then build off of that. And that's what we really, as you said at the beginning of this, that's what we do every day, but to just really have the awareness around it and to not shut down and say no to things. Mm. Uh, A a big no-no in improv is saying, but, because when you say, but, it just stops the energy and it stagnates ideas. Ah. So, but is, and no are two things. Um, They also call it blocking. You're actually blocking somebody. So if somebody gets on stage and they're like, hey, it's raining out. The other actor doesn't say, nah, it's actually really hot. You know, they would say, yeah, it's raining and 
I really wish I would have brought an umbrella. Mm. And so together then they build. You know, another key thing about improv is uh, it's about active listening. So it's not just about what you want to say. It's really listening to the other person and understanding them and taking it in and then speaking. And that's something we don't do, isn't it? Most people no. do so much love their own voice and love to hear it and, and cozy up to their own ideas rather than listening to someone else. Wow. And that is such a, such a beautiful thing. Okay. Yeah, well, communication, I mean, right? That's the cornerstone of the world. Connecting, communication, and uh, by just practicing, you know, some of these principles, uh, it can really change your life and really enhance everything. So the other part of it is being present. I mean, you have to be really present because if you're, you know, in your head or you're so busy thinking about what you want to say, then you miss something. And, you know, that's similar to how it is in life. You know, if we aren't present, we're going to miss what's happening and we're not really going to enjoy it and experience it. So being present in the moment are all like crucial things to improv and again, to life. So, you know, I'm so passionate about this topic and the mm -hmm. impact uh, it can have on people is transformative yes and uh, <laughs> it is it is you're, so powerful yes so, great <laughs> you're, you're good i I'm like that <laughs> i love it i love it i love it because you're it, essentially you are practicing for life and you're giving yourself rules that are so constructive And by doing it again and again and again, you're practicing and you're creating habits and you're creating an impact uh, that is beautiful. And I can imagine that being very intoxicating. Here you are It's on, is that, sorry, you first. No, 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 well, to your point about it being intoxicating, um, it's intoxicating, you know, anytime you practice it, whether you're on stage or whether you're just in life, you know, really being, present and in the moment is intoxicating. Huh. And and one of the things I shared with you that you were very interested in was the fact that it does change your brain chemistry. And this is really fascinating. And the studies that are being done and that are continuing to be done uh, about the different sides of the brain that are being used. So when you're improvising, um, you're using a part of your brain that enhances um, you not being self-critical, which I think is amazing. And, uh, you know, improvisers call it being in the zone, but you're, you know, you could almost not even remember what happened because you're so present. Huh. So that to me is another layer that's completely fascinating. And, you know, the world is just beginning to catch on to the benefits and, um, implementing into a lot of organizations and different, uh, you know, scientists and uh, to your point, doctors and business people. So, you know, everybody's wanting to understand and, you know, this is like the gospel as far as I'm concerned. So 
And what you've got here is actually a little beautiful micro habit that automatically grows and automatically when you implement it reaps rewards pretty immediately because you're not blocking conversation you're not you're not oh it's me but but none of that yes and keeps it flowing suddenly the other person actually feels wow he's listening to me Wow, 100%. paying attention. And that is such an immediate, you sometimes see people who are expecting a fight. Mm, like that. Mm, mm. And you suddenly uh, say, yes, and I can actually see where you're coming from. Uh, how can we create a solution for that together? They suddenly stand there, are a bit flabbergasted, they don't know what to say because they were they were ready. Uh, and it is you 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 de-escalate and you empower at the same time. You show humility, yet you show leadership. It is so much in two little words. Yes, and wow, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Love the trick. Yeah, well, one of the things that you know when I'm teaching people that I just love is that people really do walk away immediately with an impact. Uh-huh. And that's an amazing thing when you can just share one concept and you know that people are going to really feel a difference. And one of the questions I always ask is, who here likes negativity? And, you know, everybody's like, no. So, you know, positivity uh, is such an important thing energetically in anything that we're involved in, whether we're working, whether we're in relationships, whether we're on a line at the store, you know, uh, just having a positive attitude and a mindset really is important. So that's, again, another takeaway. And I I do practice that very actively and it has become such a subconscious thing for me now that it feels odd when I don't do it. This kind of positivity towards other people, to have a smile on my face, to say hello to the cleaner as in the same cordial way that I would say hello to the CEO. Uh, it is this, this, little, this little making people feel good and putting a little smile on their face. And you have no idea how that ripple effect might affect them. You might have been the first customer in, uh, in, in the shop who actually took the time and, and asked them, look, how are you? Are you okay? Uh, and wow, they, they don't expect it. And you and, make their day. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing I just want to, you know, kind of explain to you is that it doesn't have to be all about being positive either. You know, it, it is also really about being in acceptance because let's face it, there are times when, you know, one doesn't really feel and we do want oh, yeah. people to be authentic. And I think that's another thing about improv is that it is about being authentic and being real. So, you know, accepting, you know, being an acceptance is really, I think, you know, the, the important thing too to take away is that we could accept where we're at and not fight it or block it. And then how do we build off of it? So, you know, what's going on right now in the world? How do we be with what it is and say, yes, it's happening. And 
here's what I can do to make the most of my situation or the situation. And again, you know, I, at some point, uh, want to write a book, so I'll, I'll announce it here first. All right. (laughs) Um, and, and, and really it's about, you know, a life being improvised and how, how, how important that is and how somehow, you know, I was sort of doing it all along, but once I really learned what I was doing and was able to actually learn these tenants and skills, it took on a whole other meaning, uh, for me. And again, I hope to bring this to as many people that are interested in this for their lives because it's life-changing. Oh, April, I would be the first one to buy your book. Okay. Let's be quite clear about that. All right. I haven't written it yet, but that's good to know. (laughs) (laughs) Hit me up. I'm here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And the reason that, that I say that is, is I love the idea of having a framework that you can practice and work on and the framework needs to be simple there needs to be a simple approach to a problem or to problems so as doctors we have a a mantra doctors abc d for danger uh, is there danger can i actually approach the scenario mm, mm-hmm. uh, response sent for help so we've got certain certain keys that we sort of want to go through and in our approach to a medical emergency now once you have practiced that you it doesn't matter what you see in front of yourselves it will still be the same thing is it safe to go in there or will i be the next victim Sorry, mm. no. Sorry, right. don't help. That kind of a thing. So that is automatic. Now, if you practice uh, improv and if you practice a system to life that teaches you the same approach, a sensible approach that you accept as actually that could make sense and that could end enriching my life, uh, then here you go. I mean, improv is uh, is. A lovely way. I'm, I'm dead keen now to try it and learn more about it. If there are people out there like me who are just saying, ooh, 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 a new there's, technique. There's, yes, there's, yeah. there's a lot of information out there. And certainly people can get in touch with me. Yeah. And um, I do work, you know, and teach classes. And I also work one-on-one with people because, you know, improv is also used, you know, for individuals and being able to work on their particular things that um, they're challenged with. So there's many different ways that you can practice it, but there's a lot out there on the topic. And again, if uh, at the end of the ca- you know this podcast, you give people my information, I'm happy to um, answer people back individually with where their interests lie and yes. what would be the most effective and fun for them. So there is fun. Fun is also a factor here. Um, that it's connected and fun and creative. Uh, and it's also, you know, uh, I do go into organizations and work on things with people using this um, modality because it's a, a way for people to really connect and see themselves, you know, gives you a lens in which you get to see yourself. Uh, and I feel that although we're improvising, we can also direct how we want scenes mm. to go as well by learning some of these tools and by 
creating more self-awareness, which is another Hmm. key thing, you know, that I always like to say that we don't really get a chance to practice how we're doing life and really look at ourselves through Hmm. that lens. And that's a really a beautiful, special thing that I love. And when I'm teaching, I love that I get to look at myself that way because I'm one of these teachers that's always growing. Um, And every experience I have and every one I touch is sort of like, wow. And it's so fascinating to see people in this arena and the things that happen that, again, are unexpected and the way that people take to different exercises in different ways. It's just incredibly rewarding and fun, fun, which we really love having. (laughs) And it might sound strange for some of the listeners out there who are at a moment very much feeling hammered by life Mm. between uh, COVID, the fear of, of... death, the fear of losing your job, the fear, fear, fear that is permeating through every society around the world. And it is, it is very hard to, to take on something positive because all the news, everything we are listening to is either plain bullshit or is very negative or is very catastrophizing. Uh, after all, if it if it bleeds, it leads. So therefore, that mantra is is very obvious at the moment in the news cycles. Well, I I, I think you know to your point. I mean, I will tell you that um, when this thing first hit, you know, one of the things that kept me excited and going was throwing myself into learning. Like, okay, how do I teach now online and you know, really um, immersing myself in this work. And it was really important and was very much a savior to me. Um, And I think that I want to just share with everyone who's out there that uh, whatever is going on with them and the fear, you know, that it's really important to connect Mm -hmm. and to find some relief wherever we can. And I think improv does provide that. And I want to encourage everyone that don't watch the news constantly, (laughs) bring yourself to places that make you feel good. And, um, and, and, you know, I think that trying to stay in a mind of that, you know, things will work out. They will work out somehow. They always do. And to try to just stay with that as much as possible, easier said than done. But I think when you throw yourselves into um, creativity and connection, I think that's really can help a lot. So true. I mean, if I think back, I, before rehab, before I ended up getting my head screwed on right, I was living for my job. I was I was that person mm-hmm. and I was doing it 16 hours a day and the rest I was drinking. So it was work, 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 work. And then I had to realize that that work that I was doing was not, not working for me. Mm-hmm. So here I was, I had identified myself 100% to the exclusion of absolutely everything else with that scenario. I'm I'm that kind of doctor. And 
now suddenly I had to stop that. And there was this huge void and this huge emptiness to start off with. Having said that, I improvised. Mm. I learned to look at things in a new way. I filled that void slowly but surely with positivity. And that was not something intentional. You don't say, wow, where's this big bucket of positivity and joy? Yes, I, yes. It, you don't find that big bucket, okay? There is no big bucket waiting for you. It's little micro steps that you're taking. Yeah, right now you're rolling with the punches because you might have just lost your job. But like like April and me, we are, we are sitting here and talking to each other over a Zoom conference, something I didn't even know exists up until quarter of a year ago, four months mm. ago. And my life was very different as far as what I wanted to do creatively. I was out there photographing, uh, filming, mm -hmm. meeting people. Uh, we had great photo shoots, of course, patient, not patient, uh, people to people. I had a great time. And then suddenly, woof, gone. Um, at least in the way that we had been doing it. So, but now I remained positive and I found myself an outlet here and I'm meeting all these fabulous people from around it's, the world. It's uh, incredible. But, but it's it, incredible. You know, it is incredible. It's, it's yeah. incredible. I, you know, one of the things I want to share too, while you're on this topic, which I think is really important is trying to look at things with a, with a fresh, with fresh eyes. Yeah. And, you know, I'm here in Astoria, New York City. So it's a very dense, small place. A lot of us are experiencing this COVID-19 in very different ways. Uh, so I'm in a city. It's not easy to get from where I am to other places. So I'm literally walking down some of the same blocks that I've walked down numerous, numerous times. And I try and look and see what can I see differently than what I saw the other day. And I think that's the one thing I want to bring to everybody today too, is like, how can you look at things through fresh eyes? How can you see yourself through fresh eyes? You know, um, and I think improv too, you know, in that mindset is that, you know, every time you create a scene, it's a fresh slate. So if we could kind of look at ourselves and our lives, regardless about what the circumstances are, but what can we create with a fresh eye and thinking about that you have a new palette and anything is possible, you know, really <laughs> buying into it because it's true. You know, we really, anything is possible. I mean, you didn't know you would be able to create this podcast and you'd be having this conversation with me. And here we are. Exactly. And it's quite intriguing. Uh, I just reflect on to myself and uh, ultimately what you're recommending, I'm doing uh, in every clinic I see patients, I do a lot of shoulder work. So I'm an anesthetist and I work with a shoulder surgeon, which means that we fix their shoulders and then they are six weeks in a sling. And you don't do anything with that, uh, in, with that arm in those six weeks. Mm -hmm. So lives come inevitably come to a halt. And people have not had that 
six mm. weeks out where they normally right. are working hard as builders, architects, handymen. We are doing things. We are active. And then suddenly crunching hold. And and I tell my people, hey, you know, what do you do? What, is you, what are your plans? You're going to be six weeks laid off. So where do you want to go? And they often think, oh, my God. Uh, I've never thought about that. And I say, look at it positively, you know. When was the last time you had six weeks holiday kind of a thing? And and so reframing something negative can become such a powerful thing because you're learning to look at things in a different way. And virtually everything, absolutely everything, has got a silver lining. You might not see it there and then, but change is sometimes thrust upon us and mm. we the, the successful ones amongst us are 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 feeling enriched by it feeling positively challenged by it rather than oh my god oh my god my world ends it is if if you can guys out there if you can learn systems that assist you with accepting change and accepting challenges such as april's skills this is such an empowering and beautiful new skill set you, you come on guys come on it, it, even after those few minutes that i spent with april you must see how how cool that is so if these people want to get hold of you if they want to work with you how do they do that how, obviously right now it must be online and whilst you're writing your book, and I'm the first one, guys. Hey, by yes. the way, I want a signed copy. Uh, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I am available. I, you know, truthfully, yeah. right before all of this happened, yeah. I, I started a lot of my work was, you know, online already. Right. So I'm grateful that that was what was happening. So, yeah, I work with people over Zoom. So yeah. no matter where you are in the world, yeah. we can definitely connect and work together Um I'm happy to give people my information. Mm. Uh, Please tell, tell us now and we're going to put it down there, guys. Just look into sure. the, the, the description of the podcast or description of the YouTube channel. Uh, you it, you will find it all there, easy for you to click. But tell us now for those of uh, Sure. Of you so for anybody who wants to talk to me, and I love connecting with people, uh, my email address is april at raise. R-A-I-S-E, your, Y-O-U-R, game, G-A-M-E, dot me. And I look forward to hearing from you and sharing more about the wonderful world of improv and how I can help impact your life. And really, honestly, you know, the question I always say is like, why are we here? We're really here to connect and to be the best versions of ourselves and and to enjoy the journey. And it really is, it's a journey, you know, uh, and we're all on it in our own individual ways, but we can really make it better um, by learning some of these internal tools that can help us cope and be more creative and have more fun in our lives. So uh, I'm excited you know, that I get to share this with people and have fun while I'm doing it. <laughs> and again, it's it, the moment I sort of listen to you here, I would say, 
STEM? Why is that not mandatory at schools from the age of 13, 14 onwards <clears throat> and learning such systems to well, cope with life's challenges? 100, 100%. I mean, and, and, the, and the other thing is, is, if anybody is listening out there, I do go into, you know, teams and in work environments and companies like Google and Nike and Apple. I mean, there's a lot of companies that are now understanding, you know, the impact that this kind of work can have on people. So I think it's, it's starting to catch on. Uh, there are some colleges that are offering classes now in this. Uh, and, you know, in the business world, it's like you tying it back to, and how does this apply to what we do every day? So salespeople uh, to medical professionals like yourself, you know, who are connecting with people every day. And as you well know, Stephen, some doctors and nurses may lack some bedside manner. So it's... No. Do you think? <laughs> no. No, not, not this profession. No, 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 no. But I've got a good reason why. Right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes, and. <laughs> right, right. Actually, somebody in my class yesterday said something that was really um, interesting. He, you know, we were doing that exercise and the but and the yes. And he said, anybody that says a statement and says but afterwards is always completely negating anything that they just said. So I think that's just a good way to look at it. Very true. Very, very true. And you, you, guys, just if you can observe yourself during the next not so nice conversation and see when someone turns really defensive, there will be a lot of butts in there and a lot of things and it will be very uh, quickly passive and mm, passive aggressive and maybe aggressive and uh, try to, to change that and you suddenly see miracles happening. There's a, there's a beautiful, uh, a, a, a short video on YouTube that you just reminded me on. It is basically a gentleman who teaches uh, teenagers how to de-escalate uh, things. And he brings up a teenager and uh, she starts trying to, to be confrontational, uh, to annoy him, to be mean to him. And he initially just rolls with the punches, but in all the wrong ways. And he just opens herself, himself up to her. And really, she gets worse and worse and worse because she gets, mm. she has got fodder to feed from and go, go, go. And you are nasty, et cetera, et cetera. You stink. And oh, you don't say that to me, I'm offended kind of thing. And then he repeats it this time with completely different techniques. And so she again rips into him, you stink. And he sort of, oh, I'm, I'm so glad that you tell me that. I'm so sorry. I, I will put some deodorant on. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, and, and how are you today? And, uh, 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 and the young lady is completely deflated. She, she wants to be mean to him, but she can't. She can't, mm. and it's so beautiful to watch. Uh, and ultimately, he ends up hugging her, and she's completely the bully. Is completely what the hell? <laughs> it is wonderful, wonderful. So that is one example where a structured approach to a not so nice situation can completely change your outcomes. 
And that's really what matters. You don't want pain and you want to have joy and reward. Well, that's how we take, that's the how the reptilian brain works. Now, would it not be cool to learn techniques that not guarantee that, but make it far more likely that the reward is the outcome and not the pain? I'm up for that. No doubt about it. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Thank you for that story. That's, oh, that's, no. that's April, you are fantastic. So I'm I'm very keen to actually uh, see what Raise Your Game uh, is really about. So I might actually uh, look a bit closer into you. And I'm so, so grateful that you shared your, your approach to to the daily challenges that we all are facing with us and showed us a, a new a new insight. For me, improv, I sort of knew what it was, but I didn't see the structure behind it and the applicability, the way you can use a technique that actors cherish towards your daily life. And the moment you spelled it out, it became so obviously uh, obvious and clear to me. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. April, I'm so grateful that you were on my show today. And Stephen, I'm so thrilled to be here. And I hope for anybody that's listening out there, if you take one thing away from this podcast today, it's just say yes and, and listen more than you speak. <laughs> Two ears, one mouth, and you should use them in the same ratio. Very wise. <laughs> April, thank you so much. And you guys out there, look after yourself. Today, I've introduced myself and you, hopefully, to a new way of coping. Let's put all these coping mechanisms into our brain, mix them a bit around, see what happens when you face your next challenge and use something positive. Not well, if you have to have a drink, okay, fair enough, then that might be another drink. But you could also, instead, why not use something very positive and have not a hangover afterwards? Might just be an idea. Guys, look after yourself. Thanks for tuning in. And press that subscribe button down there, right? Eh? Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.